This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. We welcome in our buddy Scott Cobranson, host of Silver and Black today. Scott, I don't know, man. I I don't want. Hey, what are you gonna do? a win is a win, right? That's what yeah. you and my, that's how you guys led the podcast off last night. A win mm-hmm. is a win, and I'm not going to take anything away from this. The Raiders got the dub last night. Anything from a positive perspective stick out to you last night? Absolutely, the defense. I mean, the defense won them that game. You saw, of course, Max Crosby is he does what he does. He's a, he's an animal. He's a great guy, great player, and he impacts so much more, not just on the sacks or the tackles for losses, but the way he disrupts that line is pretty remarkable. So you got to like what you saw there, too. You saw a linebacker, like two interceptions, Robert Spillane. It had happened since 2001. Okay. 20, there's a lot of your listeners out there who weren't even born yet the last time that happened. Facts. So that's a good sign. And, of course, Amik Robertson, a kid we've had on our show several times, uh, you know, and, and undersized his whole career. Everybody told me he'd never make it. Has the big interception there at the end of the game and played, frank, frankly, a really good game, as did the entire defensive backfield. Marcus Peters had his moments where he was kind of not around. But then, of course, he had a big play, too, on the tip that uh, resulted in the second interception for Robert Spillane. So the defense, you see progress. I told you guys last week the thing that people are frustrated with is you're not seeing development Mm -hmm. happen with this team offensively. But now on the defense, you're starting to see it. They got gashed early, but, man, they put it together. And uh, at least coming out of that game, that would be my most encouraging sign that there might be a turnaround, at least on the defensive side. Yeah, I agree with you too, man. And and one of the things that we talked about earlier is outside of the Bills game, the defense you would think played okay. Like they they've been fine. They've kept you in games and given you an opportunity to win. And 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 much like the Denver game, the Raiders were able to take advantage this time. But I, I looked at you, you lay down some of the names right there. Um, but I looked at the playmakers making plays. Max Crosby was all over the place. And Marcus Peters, that's what he is at this point. He's not a cover corner. Yes. He's not a, a shutdown corner. He's a playmaker. And he made some big plays last night, got his hand in there to force that first interception. And then, I mean, heads up play. Like, I'll take the, the horse collar penalty over the <laughs> touchdown. In a lot of ways, save the game. Yes. It's a great point. I mean, I think I think a lot of folks are looking at that one. And, of course, you have your people who are outraged. How can they do that? That shouldn't be allowed. It's He took the penalty. Hey, he paid the price. Mm-hmm. The Raiders paid the price. Uh, but, yeah, he saved the touchdown. And that is a difference maker, Casey. I mean, that that's the, changes the whole dynamic of the game. So, so, yeah, you can look at a player like that. And I think you touched on something really important with Marcus Peters, whereas it's at this point in his career, he's not a cover corner He's going to do some things in the game that are going to drive you crazy because he doesn't tackle well. Not that he's ever been a great tackler, but um, that sort of stuff's going to happen. But then when the game mattered and when it was on the line and he had to use his head in that case of the, 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 the horse collar, he did. And so you got to give him credit for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do want to one thing that really stood out to me. They didn't commit a ton of penalties last Correct. night, which, you know, in a game 
17-13, those types of things come into play. And, Scott, you've been screaming for this for weeks now. Yo, you talk about the defense that we're going to force a turnover. Force a turnover. Yeah. Force a turnover. I think they had more turnovers last night than they had all season. Mm. And you see you, you, you see the results, even though things were still a bit shaky on the offensive end, it resulted in them you know, getting a victory. Yeah, no question. And I think that that's you, from from a from a defensive standpoint and from a mindset, it really was was interesting because on our show after the game, I talked about it. And that was what I said at the beginning of my conversation with you, which is Max Crosby, man, when he caught fire around the second, I think it was the second or maybe the third offensive drive for the Packers. The whole mood and vibe around that defense and energy changed. Mm. And it goes to show you when you have a bookend player like that. Now, hopefully you have two, but they have one right now. When you have a bookend player like that and a guy that's so focused and relentless, it can change the attitude and sort of that whole desire on that side of the ball. And that's exactly what he did. And uh, it was great to watch. I'll tell you, just good to see a good defensive performance for a change uh, from the Raiders, one that that won them the game. You know, we were just talking about like uh, we had a conversation about the NBA and teams that you like watch and play and things that aren't your own team. Um, and in this particular case, I'm talking about a player. I really enjoy watching Max Crosby play. Like I, mm. I really enjoy watching him play. Uh, he's relentless. Um, he gives maximum effort. Every time, no matter the situation in the game or the season or anything else like that. And it was good to see him on the Monday night platform uh, shine bright like he did last night. Absolutely. And and doesn't he, guys, doesn't he remind you, like, if Max Crosby was out there and he was working at the local auto shop and you said, hey, I'll give you a chicken sandwich and a Snickers bar. You want to go play football? You'd say, hell yeah, you don't even have to give yeah, me that, right? Yeah, yeah. He loves the game. Yeah. He just wants to play the game. And in every time he speaks after he plays, he says, look, I just want to be the best I can be. Mm-hmm. And man, if, if, if half the team could catch that, that vibe, uh, they would be in a much better place. I tell you one thing I refuse to do this morning, Scott, and we started to hear this bubble up last week, and I'm just not going to do it. I'm not grading Josh Jacobs on a curve. Mm. I was getting extremely agitated with my man Troy Aikman, who I do like, and I understand people don't. But he kept talking about how, especially on the, the call to kick a field goal at the end, he was talking about the run game and how well it was going. And I kept thinking, God, I know I was driving home. I must have missed some. Pull up Josh Jacobs' stats, and it's like, when did we start doing this with the league's leading rusher? Mm. He's He's yeah. – I'm not I'm not going to oh well it's a little bit it, it's only better it's only good because he was really really bad to start the season. It's not good yet for Josh Jacobs and I refuse to acknowledge this slight bit of improvement in like 3.5 yards per carry last night is this breakout moment for Josh Jacobs. I need more from him. I expect more from him. I think we'll get more from him, but this grading on a curve with him has got to stop. You know, I agree with you, Dilo. I think that when you look at Josh Jacobs, and and I wrote a piece uh, up on Sports Not last week about it, saying a lot of people, well, they want to blame the offensive line, and the offensive line has regressed incredibly, okay, since last year in both the passing and the running game. But when you look at the numbers too, some of that's on Josh Jacobs. Like he missed camp, I get it. Mm-hmm. Not saying he didn't do the right thing for him, mm-hmm. but again, the performance there. What I find troubling is when people want to basically excuse others from their responsibility and he's got some of it too it's it's an it's a team game and yes he's an individual performer and yes he's getting hit behind the line of scrimmage a lot more than he did last year 
but he was also maybe a step faster last year. So maybe he avoided some of those guys coming in on a quick rush because he was able to jump outside real quick. You know what I'm saying? So I think there's, there's definitely something there. Yeah. 69 yards uh, uh, yesterday in this game and everybody's like, Oh, well, he looked better. Well, yeah, he looked better, but when you're in negative yardage territory, yep. uh, it's not hard to look better. And so there, there still needs to be, there's something not right there. And I go to the line, uh, but, but it's, it's that that offense is so out of sync and, and disappointing. It's, it's probably the most disappointing offense in the entire NFL. Not that they were going to be a Super Bowl team, but when you're spending $120 million a year this year on that offense and it can't score more than 18 points in a game, you got problems. I would mention one more quick thing, Casey, on Josh Jacobs, because I'm a Josh Jacobs guy. He's been catching the ball out of the backfield a lot. Like last lot. week, I think he had like a like eight receptions or something out of the backfield. This week, <laughs> this week I think they were the panic Jimmy Garoppolo like passes because it was like he would he would catch them and he wouldn't get anywhere. But <laughs> I, th- I think he had five more catches last night. So he's 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 been active, like he's been involved in the games. But again, this is the league's leading rusher last year. I expect a lot from him. Well, and again, they had a situation where they have a fourth and one and Josh McDaniels kicks a field goal. Mm-hmm. Wait, you have the best running back in the league based on the rushing title. And again, you don't, you know, in that situation, even though the odds tell you, and they, they big on the, the broadcast now of telling you what the odds are, Analytics. Uh, they should have gone for it. And they didn't, they kicked the field goal again. Now it worked out this time, but uh, yeah, th- there's no question. They got it. They got to get him rolling. He's got to get uh, his button gear too. Yeah. Well, all right, we've put it off a little bit. Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> Look, man, Jimmy got the win again, but mm-hmm. I, looks scared to death. Yeah, bro. He, he does not. He doesn't look comfortable out there for me. He doesn't exude confidence out there, and that's one of the things that I'm starting to see comparing to his time in San Francisco. I, I was a big believer that you could win with Jimmy Garoppolo, and I still think you could have. The Niners could have, and things of that nature. But when I see him now. It just seems he never looks comfortable out there. He never looks yes. um, confident in, in what's going on. Maybe that has a lot to do with coaching, too, because mm-hmm. they're not putting him in a situation to feel comfortable. But just, I guess skittish is the word I'm looking for for Jimmy. But at the end of the day, he makes just enough plays to get a win. And, and you tip your hat to that. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, not faulting the guy for the deal he signed or any kind of uh, situation like that. But I will tell you, I just – I don't think it's ever going to work. I've seen five games of it now. Now I know he missed one game, so it's really four games for him, but I don't see the connection there. I see having the best wide receiver, at least one of the best wide receivers. Real, in the real NFL quick, Scott. Real, yeah. Real, I want to ask, not going to yeah. work. How? Like not going to work I, to make the playoffs, not going to work to win a super like we'll clarify that a little bit. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is the right quarterback to run the Raiders now or in the future. I just don't see it anymore. Now, I was not – you know me. We talked early in the season. I was I was all fine. I said, hey, he's going to be fine, good bridge quarterback, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I just don't – it's not clicking. You know, you you sometimes have relationships. I don't know if you guys have radio, personal relationship, and you just don't click, right? And I know he had this, the, the history with Josh McDaniels. I just don't see it clicking. I don't see him clicking with his wide receivers except for Jacoby Myers mm-hmm. and – the aforementioned Josh Jacobs coming out of the backfield, but outside of a couple scripted plays to his tight ends, he's not seeing the plays he lived on in the, with the 49ers with George Kittle and, and that offense, he's not finding his, his tight ends. He's not finding Adams. Adams 
of course, uh, the excuse from the coaching staff was, well, he's double teamed. And Adam said after the game, hey, man, I'm always double teamed, but you still got to get me the ball. Mm. So to me, he's not finding that rhythm. And I think your point about comfort level, he does not look comfortable. And frankly, that's how Derek Carr looked in the offense last year, too. Mm. I'm not comparing those two guys. I still think the Raiders made the right choice moving on from Carr, but they look the same that you talked about it, kind of that weird look on their face. They don't look like they know what they're doing. And these are veteran quarterbacks. They know what they're doing. So to me, there's something else there. You could point at coaching. That's fine too. But at this point, this team needs to find a franchise quarterback or at least what it has in its fourth rounder and figure out uh, what's going to go on there and how they're going to build for the future. I'm going to do exactly what Scott told me to do. I'm going to point at the coaches. (laughs) <laughs> players this is not on you it's not on you because if this is an issue with Derek Carr and Jimmy Garoppolo now you could feel however you want to about both of those quarterbacks and I think everybody does right the fact that they exude the same exact tendencies in the same offense like I feel like that tells you a little something um I agree great stuff Scott we appreciate you I know it was a bit of a hectic day for you man thanks for making time for us we would have hated to not talk to you today well, thank you for uh, uh, letting me come on a little bit late, and I was having camera issues. It's just one of those days, but that's no, cool. hey, man, it's tomorrow, like that. Yeah, tomorrow's just, a new one, man. That's yeah, all, yeah, that's yeah, all we that just, counts. We just ride, baby. Just let it ride, hey, man. That's all we I do. Love it. At the end of the day, Scott, it's still a Victory Tuesday. You know what I'm saying? That's you right. can't take that from me. Victory Tuesday. <laughs> we appreciate right, you, Scott. Thanks, buddy. Take care. Take care.